You're listening to Wake Up Call On Demand from KFI AM 640. KFI and KOST HD2, Los Angeles, Orange County. It's time for your morning wake-up call. Filling in for Jen, it's Wayne Resnick. Here he is with your Friday morning wake-up call. Good morning. It's KFI AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. And this is your wake-up call. Jennifer Jones Lee off today. Wayne Resnick sitting in. Let's be clear. Short notice won't be good. But let's begin the show. Let me tell you a little bit about what's going to come up this hour. Uh, we're going to talk to Jason Nathanson about the Oscars that are happening Sunday, including one of the boldest moves in Oscar history when you hear what they're doing for the first time this year. Even if you had no interest in watching it, you're going to want to watch it because you will not believe that they have made the decision that they have made. We'll talk to Jason about that uh, coming up pretty soon. But the first thing we have to do for you on Wake Up Call is get some expert weather information. So please welcome from the National Weather Service, Ryan Cattell. Ryan, good morning. Thank you for being on. Welcome to Wake Up Call. Good morning. Well, I, my understanding is there's a big storm coming up north that's going to do one kind of thing. And is it a separate storm down here in SoCal that's going to do a different thing? Or is one big storm going to do two different things? <laughs> yeah, the, the latter. Uh, we do have one big storm that's kind of parked over Central California right now. And it's going to stay there um, through the morning hours and, and start to spread down into Southern California. Uh, but really the focus of, of the, you know, the heavy rainfall accumulations will be over Santa Barbara and San Luis Obispo counties northward, uh, where we do have flash flood watches out um, and big flooding concerns. And then down over Ventura, Los Angeles County, and southward, uh, still going to see some rain. It's already starting to rain in some areas, but the, it'll continue to develop through the day today and probably peak later this afternoon, this evening. Um, but just expecting more of a nuisance-type flooding for most of the urban areas. Uh, up in the mountains, there might be a little bit more concern with the snow melt, um, but uh, we're keeping an eye on that. All right, so the first thing is it's basically one big storm. It's just going to rain a lot more the farther north you go. Is that what I'm hearing? It Exactly. Yeah, it's just going to be there a lot longer for a long, longer duration. That's why it's going to add up to more rain. Okay. Now, the 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 uh, concern about the snow up there is that because this is a warmer rain, it's going to rain at higher elevations and melt a bunch of snow that we don't want melting right now. <laughs> yeah, we, we've gotten used to the last few storms uh, being very cold with low snow levels producing a lot of snow. This is a very warm system. All the moisture is coming from from basically Hawaii. Uh, so the snow levels are very high, 10,000 feet plus. So really all areas will see rain and not snow. And there's some areas with, with still a lot of snow. Uh, a lot of it has melted over the lower elevations, but the higher elevations still a lot of snow. So some of that could melt, um, especially with the plowed roads. Uh, so any of that, the water, the rain that falls on the plowed roads uh, will really have nowhere to go, kind of get channeled by some of the, the snow getting plowed on either side. And so there are some flooding concerns for some of the mountain roads. Uh, but to be honest, we, this is unprecedented for us, our, our area, so um, it's a little bit of a learning curve. But uh, we're, we are concerned for that, but we'll have to see how it materializes. The snow that might well be melted before we want it to, is any of that snow that we rely on for our water supply later? Um, yeah, definitely. Uh, the snow melt does give us uh, a little bit of a lag into the summertime where we can still have a, a water supply feeding our, our reservoirs. And that's especially uh, the case up, up north, like over the Sierras. 
that feed all the major rivers, including a, a part of the Colorado River. Um, so that that also will give us more water supply getting into the warmer months. So we definitely need that. Um, not all the snow is going to melt from this storm. Uh, it's, it's, it's just going to get compacted in a lot of areas and kind of get hard. Um, but uh, we will see some enhancement of, of the snow melt, but not all the snow is going to go away. All right. And then um, I think I, I think I'm about to say something I want to be true, but it doesn't mean it's true. And then we're done for a while. Yes. No. <laughs> Uh, if the rain shut off uh, tomorrow, we didn't get any more rain, we'd still have uh, well above normal for seasonal rainfall totals. But unfortunately, we're still tracking a storm or two for next week, uh, mm. primarily in the Tuesday, uh, Wednesday time period. Uh, still big uncertainty, but there is a potential for a significant amount of rain, and we're, uh, we're keeping an eye on it. All right. Very good. Ryan, thank you so much. Really appreciate that update. Yeah, anytime. Take care. All right. There he goes. Ryan Cattell from the National Weather Service. All right. Wet, wet. Then maybe a moment of dry and wet again. Uh, will this affect the so-called red carpet entrances at the Oscars? For his opinion, please welcome KABC. Not oop, oops, oops. All right, it's early in the morning, folks. ABC News Entertainment correspondent and my friend Jason Nathanson. Good morning, sir. Hey, good morning. Well, do you want to just get into the big reveal about what these crazy folks over at the Oscars have done with this decision that they made about you know what? Uh, are, are we talking about the carpet? Yes. It, it's well, the the rain isn't going to help things now that the carpet is champagne colored and not red. Uh, for the first time since 1961, the carpet itself will not be red. So, um, it is. Uh, champagne is the, what they're calling it. Um, other people have called it beige or flesh colored or <laughs> I, I don't know with with the rain and everything. It, I think it's going to be a dirty carpet if if it, if that continues through Sunday and people are, you know, you're going to have to have one of those mats where you wipe your feet on it before you go on it because uh, elsewise it's going to be dirty. Did they, did they, the Academy, did they say why they're changing the color? I do, I do not know why. I, there, there has not been that I've seen so far a specific reason other than just to try something new, um, which, you know, is fine. Live it up. It, 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 sure. Why not? And I think people dresses and things will pop a little more maybe on this lighter colored carpet. So um, that could be fun. Now, uh, is this is this a permanent change or just something they're trying this year? Or do we uh, not know what their plan is? I, I, I yeah, I, I, I don't know. I think this is something that they're trying, and uh, if it works, if they like it, they'll they'll keep going with it. Um, if not, they'll go back to red next year. Knowing uh, what you do as an entertainment correspondent reporter, knowing what your colleagues do, mm. and keeping in mind uh, principles of neurology. How many people will still be talking about the red carpet during this ceremony and pre-ceremony show, even though clearly it's not red anymore? Oh, 80% maybe? There are shows called red carpet. Oh, that's right. That's <laughs> right. I mean, they're literally, I think I think my colleagues at, at KABC, it's called On the Red Carpet. Um, so Oops. Uh, uh, that's where, uh, yeah, it's it's a little tough to change that now. Um, and and call anything on the champagne carpet uh, and change all the signage and graphics and all the stuff that they would need to change. 
All right, moving on to another important aspect of um, honoring the best in cinema. Are we getting any advance word of what's in those swag bags? Uh, <laughs> there have been reports out there of the 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 cost of them over $100,000 or whatever. Uh, but those bags, by the way, they're just some company who gives bags to people. They have no affiliation with the Oscars whatsoever. So it's like they could, they could give you a bag. They could give anybody a bag. They're just a company who's, who are, who's looking for attention because they're giving people these very, very expensive bags. Um, so I, they're not, there's no affiliation whatsoever with the Academy, um, oh. with the Oscars itself. So anybody, you could do, you could give out the the Wayne bag, um, and and give people what would I don't know what would be in your Wayne bag, um, but you could give anybody any of the the nominees uh, a swag bag and put whatever you want in it. That's basically what this company is doing. Uh, they could I could give them a <clears throat> half of a craft beer that's been in my refrigerator for two weeks because I only drank half. Fantastic. Still in there. And sure. maybe an extra. I do have an extra bike helmet that I don't know what to do with. So mm. Mm. Uh, maybe uh, Jimmy Kimmel would enjoy it. I think absolutely. A hundred percent. I will let him know next time I see him that he has these wonderful things waiting for him. All right. Now it's time to get into the meat of the matter. The real reason we're all here. Who's going to win? Who should win? What are we predicting? What are we hoping? Will there be snubs? What kind of drama? Um, oh, first of all, I hope there's drama. Um, I, I am one of those who kind of root for chaos as long as nobody really gets hurt. Um, so like, the, I, I don't know where the Will Smith, Chris Rock slap comes down on that. You know, I love a good La La Land Moonlight moment, um, where things get, go all screwy. That's always interesting. Um, when it comes to somebody actually getting hit in the face, eh, you, we don't want people to get hit in the face. Um, but it did make the Oscars more interesting last year. So um, I hope there's some kind of chaos. But when it comes to the, the winners, it's very possible we could either see something that is very, very surprising or something that goes exactly as we know it's going to go. And as we think it's going to go is that everything everywhere all at once is going to win everything. It has so far leading up to it's run the, the top prize at the Screen Actors Guild Awards, at the Writers Guild Awards, um, at the Critics' Choice Awards, at the Directors Guild, at the Producers Guild. Um, it, is, it is literally the front runner, and you can't, it couldn't have won more prizes, I think, at this point than it has. Uh, so that's the picture to beat. Uh, it should win Best Picture, it could win a bunch of act, acting uh, prizes, Best Director. Um, a couple of the production uh, wins as well, so I think it's gonna it's gonna have the best night, and it's probably gonna win the most awards of any of the films. But the Oscars go their own way sometimes, um, so there's been there's a lot of love out there for Top Gun Maverick. Um, so if anything's gonna spoil, it's possible it could be that or uh, the the German war film All Quiet on the Western Front. There's a lot of love for that out there as well. Uh, so if you're looking for any kind of spoilers, it could be one of those too. Sorry for the ooh there, but <laughs> that that movie is to me the very definition of we're trying to make a prestige movie, but in reality, it's a boring thing to sit and look at. Sure, I, I get that take, absolutely. But when it comes to the Academy, um, first of all, they showed it a ton of love in the nominations, which I think was not... Uh, people didn't expect it to get so much... Uh, respect from from everybody and the buzz seems to be that people they, they they really like it so if there's 
I I personally don't think that it's going to upset, but if there is, um, mm-hmm. it's one of those films that that's sneakily being mentioned by a lot of people. Which I find fascinating. Here's why. Uh, everything. What is it? Everywhere. Everyone. Yeah. All the time. Sure. Close. Everything everywhere all at once. Yes. Is the is definitely the odds on favorite. Yes. And it's a movie that to me, th- this is like I want to say the dichotomy of award season where you have something like the People's Choice Awards and the mm. kinds of things that win. And then something like the Oscars that consider themselves a little, uh, you know, hoity-toity. So everything, everywhere, all at once to me is is manages to be, maybe this is why it's doing so well, it manages to be both a very high-level piece of art. Yes. But also, like, fun and funny and fast-moving and action and fight scenes. Yeah, and hot dog fingers. And mm-hmm. hot dog fingers and yeah. another thing that happens that are similar to hot dogs. So... Then, so you're saying that of the two films that could spoil it, one, a super serious, we're trying to be art so bad movie, or a complete populist popcorn movie. Correct. Because, and it has a lot to do with the way that the ballot goes for voting because they use the preferential ballot system. So you rank your choices and... That means you need a lot of consensus for the number one film if you're putting that number one on your ballot, um, which could be everything, everywhere, all at once, and you, they go through one ballot, and it takes it, and, and you know it's over. But if it doesn't win on that first ballot, then they, then they start to go to look at what the, the second choices are, and that gets more weight. So if a lot of people like everything, everywhere, all at once, and it's number one on their ballot, but everybody has... Top Gun Maverick at number yeah. two on their ballot, and they start to go through these various ballot, uh, you know, they go through the first and second and third ballot choices. Um, you could see something that's more populist like Top Gun Maverick winning. That's how we got, I think, a winner like Green Book uh, a couple of years ago. You know, maybe not, I think, the the most artsy or, or, or most popular choice, um, but it was the one that was at number two on most people's ballots. I think the makeup of the Academy has changed in the past couple of years that they've they've done a lot of work to make it um, to to make it more diverse. Right. And so that's how I think we got a win like Parasite a couple of years ago. The, 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 the makeup of the Academy is changing and things that are that would never have won 10 years ago are starting to win. So that's why I think everything everywhere all at once probably has the best shot at winning. But again, if you want to go back to the old ways of the Academy, a Top Gun Maverick has a chance of getting in there. All right, very good. Jason, thank you so much. And we'll talk to you again soon. There he goes, Jason Nathanson, ABC News Entertainment Correspondent. And uh, before we get to Jim Ryan, who's going to talk about the awful event that is going to happen this weekend, I want to talk about a new contender for what terrorist organization is most full of crap. Up until now, I would have said maybe ISIS, possibly the Taliban. And what I'm talking about is you have groups who do the most horrific things. And then we'll talk about how they respect people. They respect life, stuff like that. So here's the new contender. It is the Scorpions faction of the Gulf Cartel. 
that group involved in the shootout and kidnapping of four Americans, two of whom were killed. There was, by the way, also a, a Mexican woman who died in that shootout, which, of course, we're not going to talk about that because we think we're better than everybody sometimes. Now, they have issued a letter of apology. Yes, they say the dudes who did that, they did not, my words, not theirs, were acting uh, of, under their own decision making and lack of discipline, that they had gone against the cartel's rules, and that they have been turned over to law enforcement. Which imagine a drug cartel turning over some of their own to law enforcement. Why would they? apologize and turn their own people over to law enforcement. What rules did these guys violate? Well, I will quote the rule that they violated because the cartel has a rule, quote, respecting the life and well-being of the innocent. Yes, of course they do. And all of their behavior has made it crystal clear that more than anything, more than making money from drugs, more than putting people's heads on pikes to send a message, the thing they really are into, number one, respecting the life and well-being of the innocent. So uh, there you go. They have apologized. I guess they didn't want to be canceled. Let's bring on Jim Ryan from ABC News. Good morning, Jim. Welcome to Wake Up Call. Hey, Wayne. You know, the luckiest person in the world is a woman named Cheryl Orange. She was with that group that came from South Carolina. They were. She was in that white minivan with the with the other four, her friends, as they were going over the border. She didn't have her ID with her. She forgot it. So she okay. had to stay on the U.S. side of the border. She stayed in Brownsville. Her friends left. They went down to Mexico. They said, we'll be back in a couple of hours. Latavia is going to have her plastic surgery. We'll come right back up. No problem. She waited a day, and they didn't show up. So she called the police. About that time, you start seeing stuff on social media about this kidnapping going on uh, on the other side of the border. She sees the video. She sees her friends. Because she forgot her ID, she was not with wow. them in that minivan. Oh, my goodness. Cheryl Orange. Thank you for that update. I, didn't, I had not heard about that. Yes. Um. Now. Yes. <sighs> Overnight, Saturday into Sunday, a terrible thing is going to happen to every single person in the United States, except uh, for some of them who don't have to do it. Tell us. <laughs> well, and it's not like you have to go around the the, the, uh, the house changing clocks anymore. They do it themselves pretty much. But yes, we're going to get a, an hour. We're going to back down an hour in our sleep. And it's not as though we're getting too much sleep as it is because this study from Brigham Women's Hospital using Apple Watch data finds that Americans aren't getting enough sleep as it is. And the average that we're getting, Wayne, what do you think the average is for the, the typical American, young, old, middle-aged country city average sleep that we're getting every night optimistically i will guess five and a quarter hours yeah the average is higher the average is about oh, six okay. and six hours 27 minutes oh my optimism was pessimism disguised. Yeah. wow and only 31 percent of us 31.2 percent of us get the minimum seven hours of sleep that the american heart association recommends why does the aha care because not getting enough sleep uh, contributes to heart disease, causes other problems, physical problems. Uh, so whether it's daylight saving time or the middle of July, it doesn't really matter much. We're just not getting enough sleep as it is. So this is not going to help. 
And hurt uh, probably either, except in the short term, that day or that two, the two days after that, that's when you'll see an increase in car accidents and and heart attacks and problems out there. You know, uh, grouchy people getting into fist fights with others. Yeah, it's going to be a short term problem, but over the long term, if we were getting more sleep, probably wouldn't matter that much. So uh, this is well documented. Yeah. The bad effects in the day or two after we have to move those clocks forward. I mean, it's no. This is not a. This is not a debatable thing. It's been well established. Yet we keep we keep doing it. Mm-hmm. And I know that some parts of the country don't do it, and no parts of the country would have to do it if they went through the proper procedures that are in place uh, to get out from under having to do daylight savings time. And every year. And you know this better than anybody because you cover this every year. When we change the clocks, there's all the calls for getting rid of changing the clocks sure. from legislators, from health professionals, from just people like me who don't like it. Is this year any different in that? Is there an extra chance that something might happen this year where we stop doing it? Well, maybe. I mean, it, it, a move has already got through the Senate. Well, I think Marco Rubio was the one who proposed this, the uh, Daylight Protection Act, something like that, which would keep the clocks uh, at daylight saving time all year long. We wouldn't go back and forth. Uh, that would become the new standard time. 11 or 12 states, I think, have already approved their own versions of this, but they can't do anything about it until Congress approves. So it's gotten through the Senate. The House would have to take it up, would have to pass it, the president would have to sign it, and then it would become the law of the land. Did you know that back in 1973, I guess it was, we did go to daylight saving time and stayed there under uh, a congressional law, a mandate that came out of Congress that said, we're going to stick with this because of the energy crisis. Oh. Uh, yeah, uh, but eventually it uh, it went away and we came back to our, our twice annual uh, changing of the clocks. Man. All right. Uh, Jim, great to talk to you. Thank you so much. You did extra duty today with that other information. It was very great. I appreciate it. Thanks, Wayne. All right. Jim Ryan, ABC News. And in uh, just a moment, we are going to talk to the House Whisperer himself, Dean Sharp. But first, uh, an important consumer safety announcement. Yeti, the company that makes coolers, et cetera, uh, have recalled two million coolers because... They close with uh, strong magnets, and the magnets apparently can become detached from the item, posing a risk of injury or death, particularly if they are swallowed. The Consumer Product Safety Commission says if you swallow strong magnets, especially if you swallow more than one, they can get stuck to each other in your digestive system and can cause, I hope you're not eating anything, perforations twisting and blockage of the intestines, and that could lead to infections, blood poisoning, and even death. I I have the model numbers here. It may not be. Honestly, if you've got a Yeti cooler and it closes with magnets, I'd suggest getting something else right now. But it's the Sidekick Dry Gear case, the M20 Soft Backpack Cooler, and the M30 Soft Cooler versions one and two. They They had two tries at getting it right. Okay, don't, I don't want to be responsible for somebody swallowing magnets. Now, here he is, ladies and gentlemen, host of Home with Dean, the house whisperer himself. It's Dean Sharp. Good morning. 
Good morning, Wayne. I think the lesson here is if you're going to swallow a magnet, only swallow one. Swallow one at a time. Just one. Good, one good, at good a time. Advice. Yes. People who really, this is going down a dark road. There must be people who have an obsession, a compulsion to, to eat magnets because there's people who have a compulsion to do everything. So yeah, I, I agree. I, uh, last week we did an entire weekend on uh, drywall stucco and uh, a, a listener sent us an email to a link to a woman in Michigan who has eaten an entire house worth of drywall. Yeah. Isn't it called Pika or Pika? That, yeah, uh, it's something. Yeah. Yeah. So so the only thing and I'm just I don't know why anybody needs to know the contents of my mind. Your advice, only eat a magnet at a time. Now you have somebody and they're obsessed with eating magnets. So there they are, they eat a magnet and then, but they want to be safe. So then there they are in the bathroom waiting. You understand? For, for their the opportunity next, so that, to eat their yes, next for their magnet. opportunity to eat the next <clears throat> magnet. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, what, what are you talking about this weekend? And specifically, what are you talking about right now regarding our homes? Concrete, my friend. Concrete. Oh, Yes. Do not eat concrete. That's no. uh, another safety tip here that you'll only hear here at KFI. Uh, yeah, no, we're, we're, you know, with the recent storms, all sorts of things have been happening to people's homes. And people see things uh, going on with their home, uh, whether it's uh, this white chalky buildup that forms on the inside of their garage slab or uh, the stem walls around their house or They've noticed a crack in the foundation or the slab of their house or their patio is not draining properly and it's pooling water or, you know, whatever, a thousand other uh, possible things. So we've been <clears throat> spending the last couple of weeks talking about basic home building materials. We talked about wrapping your house last week. This week, it's just concrete in general, everything from foundations to slabs to driveways and so on. Uh, and uh, understanding it better, uh, it is actually the most used man-made material in the world. Not plastic, not the wrapper around your quarter pounder with cheese, not the not the straw in your Coke, but uh, but concrete. Uh, and it, it's its use is growing more and more. I, we had a report that uh, between 2011 and 2013, two years. Two years, China used more concrete in that two-year period of time than the United States did during the entire 20th century. So the use of concrete is growing. There are environmental concerns about it because it pumps out about 8% of all the global emissions in the world. Uh, there's all sorts of fascinating history about concrete, but at the end of the day, it has to do with what people are facing at home and what they can do with it. So you're talking about concrete as a basic building material, slabs, other things like that. Does it have other uses? I know that you are big on design. Does concrete have any role to play in design? Oh, yeah. A lot of people, well, these days, there are so many different recipes for concrete that uh, you can get it to do just about anything you want. We, we've got folks uh, on the DIY side that are doing a lot of flooring in their home in concrete. Now, they, most people in Southern California have a slab as the 
foundation for their home. A lot of people, once they pull back whatever they had before, the linoleum, the carpet, the whatever, they, they're seriously considering, you know what, can I just make this concrete look uh, sexy and beautiful? And the answer is yes. There's all sorts of stains and epoxies and modeling colors that uh, can be added to a concrete floor to make it actually a, a beautiful kind of leathered finished floor. So that's something that folks are doing. F folks have uh, forever been wanting to spruce up the concrete and improve the concrete in their garages. And then of course there are countertops. Uh, those have become hugely popular in years. And if you're a DIYer looking for a sexy stone countertop, and I say stone because that's what concrete is. It is our man-made synthetic stone. Uh, doing your own concrete countertops in your kitchen is about as uh, permanent, beautiful, and inexpensive as stone uh, countertops uh, can get. Functional advantages, if any, over granite for a countertop or um, quartz. Uh, <clears throat> functional advantages would be the fact that once you've sealed concrete, uh, the sealer tends to hang on longer than with granite. And so you can get a more dense, uh, less porous surface, which is bacterially uh, safer for uh, food prep and stuff. And it's just a harder surface. It's a harder surface even than granite when it's done right. Ooh, okay. And what would the, I know you're also big on helping people with DIY stuff. Uh, what's the level of a learning curve for a concrete-based project in a home? Well, it depends on what it is. If you're resurfacing your garage floor, for instance, yeah, maybe maybe a couple of YouTube videos and a trip to the rental, uh, the tool, the tool rental place. Because uh, <clears throat> these days, for about $120 for an entire day, you can uh, bring home a concrete resurfacing disc machine, which surprisingly will uh, take off eh, maybe the top uh, 16th of an inch of uh, concrete off your garage floor. That thing that's all stained and pitted and cracked and just turn it brand new. I mean, beautifully brand new. Some people are wanting to resurface their concrete. That's just about uh, learning uh what not to do mostly with the resurfacing patch material. Most people put it on too thick uh, and uh, the like. Now, if you're getting into a countertop project, there's a learning curve there. You should research it, learn as much as you can uh, before you attempt it. But, uh, you know, the, the bigger the risk, the bigger the return. All right. Anything you want to add about concrete? Uh, I would say, say this. We, say something bad about concrete. <laughs> something bad about concrete. Yeah, well, that way uh, we like know, I said, we know you're legit. Well, I would say this: the concrete uh, manufacturing industry is is really up against it these days. Uh, uh, I'm serious. Concrete accounts for get this eight percent of all of global CO2 emissions producing oh, concrete. Eight okay. percent. That puts it right. That puts it above airlines and just below uh, agriculture as far as a, a, a CO2 polluter. And uh, the entire cement industry has got to figure out a way to uh, not do that uh, to the planet as it continues to manufacture more and more cement. If the cement industry were a country, it would be the third largest emitter of carbon dioxide in the world right after the US and China. So that's one of the things that uh, concrete has got to get under control.
All right, you did it. Dean, thank you so much. We'll hear you uh, this weekend, Saturday and Sunday morning on KFR. Thank you, Wayne. All right, talk to you soon. There he goes, Dean Sharp. And apparently it is something called International Awesomeness Day, which seems silly. However, sometimes there are things going on in the world that really are awesome. And we have with us now a woman involved in one of those awesome things. Darcy Smith from Funky Chicken Rescue is here. Good morning. Good morning, Wayne. How are you? I'm great. Wonderful to talk to you. Now, I'm not sure. I, I don't know where to start. I think before we get into the specific thing that's going on. Yes. Give me, give me a minute on Funky Chicken Rescue. Here's what I know. It's an animal rescue, and you have all kinds of animals there. Oh, yes. We have so many animals. We have over 200 animals. We are a nonprofit farm animal sanctuary in Vacaville, California. And uh, we have things, everything from uh, cattle down to emus. So over 200 animals. That's fantastic. Now. Let's talk before we talk about the awesome thing. Let's talk about let's talk about the animal at the center of the awesome thing, Timmy the sheep. Timmy has a really amazing story. Tell us how you came across Timmy and what happened with Timmy. Yeah, Timmy is my little miracle and I absolutely adore him. He is a sheep. He came to us as a lamb. He was about 3 months old. Uh, he came to us a year and a half ago, and he actually um, came from Utah, from a farm in Utah. He was an orphan lamb, and like orphan lambs often do, um, he was pretty sick. Uh, he had an infection that went right to his joints in his two front legs and kind of cemented him in place in like a 90-degree angle, so he couldn't even walk. And we were the last, uh, the last chance to help Timmy before... Um, the family euthanized him, but uh, they got him out here from Utah, and um, and we took him to our vets. Unfortunately, four different vets told me that we should euthanize him, but I knew that he was going to walk. I just believed in him. He had a great uh, little fight in him and a great little attitude, and I just knew he wanted to fight to live. Now, you have to end the story with the happy ending, which is... He did walk again. He walks, and apparently he hops around like a like a crazy person when he wants to. Yes. So we ended up getting him. We found a vet that would support us, and we ended up casting his legs and splinting them. We had a wheelchair, and we even had a brace. And um, I'll tell you what, after about eight months in that, he is walking, running, jumping, and hopping. He's absolutely amazing, and um, he can get around just fine. So he's he's perfect, like I knew he would be. Which brings us to the awesome thing. Cadbury, makers of those candy eggs, is running the Cadbury Bunny tryouts. And it is to find out who's going to be the next Cadbury Bunny, but it doesn't have to be a bunny. It can be any animal, and this is apparently a special Rescue Pets edition of the bunny tryout. So these are all rescue animals that are vying to be the next Cadbury bunny, and Timmy is a top 10 finalist for this position. Tell us um, how you have to apply to get into this thing, and if you have a rough idea of 
how many original applications there were. Yes, so I put some bunny ears on that little boy and mailed in or emailed in a picture of him, and there were thousands of entrants. And uh, we made it first to the top 20, and uh, we were thrilled, of course. And then um, they narrowed it down to the uh, the top 20, then they gave us a um, an assignment to do a video on him, less than three minutes. So I did a video on him and sent that in, and they narrowed it down to the top 10. So out of thousands of entrants, uh, Timmy made the top 10. And we all can vote for Timmy. If you go to CadburyTryouts.com slash vote, CadburyTryouts.com slash vote, you will see the 10 finalists there. And there's Timmy, very handsome lad. Now, here, you, you have you looked at your competition? Yes, there okay, are some I would, really adorable. They, they are. are adorable animals, I know. So we really, really need the help. So the... You know, other than getting the coveted bunny ears, which, you know, Timmy would love, um, and being in the commercial, the other big thing about this competition is that they award $5,000 to the family of the animal, and then they also award $5,000 to a rescue of their choice. Well, because we are a nonprofit rescue, we would award the $5,000 to us, and Timmy would want to spend his $5,000 helping his friend, too. So all $10,000 would go to helping the animals at Funky Chicken Rescue. So yes. he would donate his money, which would be absolutely amazing for us with the astronomical food prices right now, feed prices for the animals. Um, the $10,000 would be just fantastic. Now, your so, yeah, if you go ahead. I'm sorry. Just your competition is a tiny pony. <laughs> uh, a couple, is there just two, two actual rabbits, which I don't think should be allowed because it's more <laughs> fun if, it's, if the Cadbury rabbit is not a rabbit, then there's a dog, there's a duck, there's a very derpy chihuahua, right? And then, uh, there's a, it looks like a one-eyed cat giving some, wearing bunny ears, giving somebody a high five. Yes. And one other like some kind of a of a rodent that I can't really recognize. Very <laughs> cute though. But I got to say of all these of all these very cute animals, any of them would do well to be the next uh, Cadbury bunny. I Timmy really does stand out here. He seems Thank to have you. seems to have kind of a jaunty attitude and a gleam in his eye. He really does. He's a special boy. He he uh, he would take this title and hop with it for sure. So to vote for Timmy, our local finalist for the Cadbury Bunny tryouts, you go to CadburyTryouts.com slash vote. Now, to go see the good work that Funky Chicken Rescue is doing and to help out if you would like to, you can go to FunkyChickenRescue.com. And good luck to you. We'll all be rooting for you and Timmy. Thank you so much. I greatly appreciate it. And you can vote once a day uh, through Tuesday. So it would be very appreciated. Oh, all right. 
Uh, Darcy Smith from Funky Chicken Rescue, thank you so much for coming on Wake Up Call. Thank you so much for having me. This is KFI KOST HD to Los Angeles, Orange County. This has been your Wake Up Call. You've been listening to your Wake Up Call with me, Jennifer Jones-Lee, and you can always hear Wake Up Call 5 to 6 a.m. Monday through Friday at KFI AM 640 and anytime on demand on the iHeartRadio app.